Can Uncle Lear Camper be trusted to write an episode of the Sir Bernard Moore Show? It's took him two years to write, and the title's still wrong. This is Ticks of the Mind. Well, have you brought any sandwiches today? I'm going to do cheese and tomato sandwiches with a little bit of white pepper on them after. Because it just has a a special flavour that nothing else would add. Presumably just a flavour of white pepper. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? You sprinkle it on tomato, but make no, sure but you don't... you just put it on the tomato? How do you make it? How do you make it? How do you make a sandwich? Bernard. Oh, you are listening to the Suburban Moor Show. Elliot. Hello, I'm Clelia Campy. This afternoon I'm hoping to pickle apart the psych, fetch the human brains in bits and examine, if not in that great detail, uh, at least in some, uh, the mind. And it's been called Ticks of the Mind. Ticks of the Mind. 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 You do realise it's tricks of the mind? Is it? Yes, it is. Well, what does I say there then? What's tricks. That? Read that. Tricks no. of the mind. Where's the U? Where's what? the U? What? Hey? The U, the letter U, the letter U. It says ticks, not tricks. Ticks, it, it says doesn't ticks. Say, it does not. Read it. Anyway, what do you mean there's ticks, no Ticks, he says. Of course there would be no Bernard, read it. Look at... Well, so you've got some muck on your glasses or something. T-I-C-K, no. it says, it says ticks, no tricks. There's no U to be there, seen. There is no U. What did I tell you? I just said the words. I know there's no U. I know there's no U. Of course there's no whoa, 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 whoa. I've spent nearly two years on this. I think I know what I'm talking about. I think I know what I'm talking about. Do you know what you need? Just answer a simple question. Can you read all that? You can't read tricks. You can't read tricks. Shut up, man. Shut up. I will never speak again, ever, in my life. The word tricks. Spell the word no, tricks. No, never speaking again, even if I get stopped by police, or if I have to read a eulogy for a dear, dear friend, or call for help because I've gone and tumbled in a dike and a crocodile's eating my sandwiches and then he's coming after me and he's called his mates and his mum and his friends and his friends' mum's mates they can do what they like with me, they can tear me apart. I'm never saying another word and that's the claw that struck the camel's back now. I have to write everything down on a little wax tablet like a Roman and wear all my finger ends out. You will never force me to Say another word as long as I live. That's right. it. That tinly done it. That's it. Right. Not speaking again ever. That's it. Right. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Right. That's it. Right. Well, I know you spent a lot of time on this. It's it's a shame, really. But but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, my apologies, but we shan't be hearing from Montelliard Campy ever again. And that is the end of Tricks of the Mind. It's Tinks. Ticks of the mind, read it. Look at this. You're never going to speak again. That was a trick to see what would happen. A tick to see what would happen. No, a trick, a trick. <sighs> Why, I'm mad. Ryan. You have riled me this time by cracking. I could play Mary Steve. We're way behind now. What, because of this argument? Well, yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. However, it's unfair to dismiss this bit. Ticks of the mind. Yeah, tricks of the mind. No. I, I know you've put no. the hours in on this one. No, so well, I were at it this time last year writing this. Yeah. If not the year before. Yeah. Do you want to? Can you. If, if I just leave you to it, oh, eh? you get on with it, you're, t- you're ticks of the mind, and I'll leave you to it, and then Ooh. we shan't fall No, 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 don't go, I'll panic. Don't abandon me. What if I lose my spectacles? Else a burglar comes in, or a bulb goes, and I'm all in dark, getting burdled, and I can't see to get to the toilet. Right. right. Do you want to start again, then? Have I wasted a lot of time? Yeah, nearly all of it, basically. Well, I'll not say any of this about Salamis and Pastramus. Salamis and Pastramus, who are they? Well, philosophers of the ancient days. 
I've never heard of any philosophers by that name. What, Salamis and Pastramus? Meet them both. Oh! Well, where are they? Meet the meats. Salamis. It's a meat in sandwiches in foreign films. Salamis. Oh, I, I knew Pastramus. that. I knew that, actually. Yes, that, that rings a bell. Salamis. Ah, you see, it's, it's, it's jigged your memory, hasn't it? It has. Yes. yes. The old cogs have got spinning. Pardon? The old cogs have got spinning. What do you mean? In the mind. Cogs? Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 you've got cogs in your mind. It's, it's like meat, isn't it? Well, so, so is that the Salamis and Pastramus point? Is that your point? What, that brains is full of meat? Well, what's, what's, what's the ancient philosophers got to do with it? We've established they're philosophers from the ancient times. Yeah, well, I've said I'm not going to say anything about them. So why did you mention them in the first place? I didn't. I said I'm not going to say anything about them, and you asked who oh, they were. Well, why, mention some, why, why say I'm not going to say something and then start saying So that it? we can move on to the next part. But why were you going to say it anyway? I wasn't going to say anything about them, but you said, who are they? So I've said, who they were, yes, they were but, philosophers. Yes, yes, but you mentioned them, which forced me to say, who are they? Why did you mention them? Because I wanted to, to try and inform you that I wasn't going to say anything about them. So because they, otherwise you'd be saying, who are they? That makes no sense. You've basically just digressed even further. I haven't digressed. You digressed. You said to me, when I said, I'm not going to say anything about Salamis and Pastramus, and you said, who are they? So I had to tell you who they were. They were philosophers. Yes, but why would you mention them anyway? You've obviously set this up to mention them. I don't know why I bothered saying that I was going to speak again because it's, I'm wasting my time to speak. Because them. everything I say, you say, oh, yeah, but you've mentioned them just, just for me. I reckon, to you know what? I reckon you have got cogs in your head. In fact, I think you were old mashed up newspapers and bits of string and mouse traps. That's what you were in your head. The words of Salamis and Pastramus are wasted on you. They spent years of their life... So you're talking about them now. Well, I'm having to because I'm trying to put you straight. Well, what about if I told you you're emotionally you're an infant? <laughs> That's probably just the sort of uh, shake-up that you needed. So please, can you get on with this now? I'll just go on to this main bit about experiments. So this is this is ticks of the mind now, is it? It is, yeah. At last! You said ticks. Yes, I know. So you agree, then, you've seen since at last it is ticks. No, I just said ticks to shut you up and get on with it. Why, because I'm wasting time? Well, obviously. So you still think it's tricks? I'm not going into it again, Elliot. There's no you. Of course there's no you. If there was you, it'd be trucks of the mind. Trucks, yes. What What would you say is, is your favourite truck of all time? Oh, I don't know. Do you know what the difference is between a truck and a lorry? What? Well, it's the jobs that they have to do. They, they, <gasps> basically, a truck and yes. lorry are the same. But you've never had your rubbish taken away by a bin truck, have you? Bin lorry? Ah, you see, that's it, that's it. it. That's it. Bin lorry. Corn lorry. Corn truck, you could probably say either of them. Dumper truck, you see, that's right. Dumper lorry. No. Always a dumper truck. Yes. Forklift truck, yes. Forklift lorry, no. Ah, yeah, we've got a forklift lorry. Cattle truck, what about that one? Cattle lorry's better. I know you're wrong, you see, it's neither. Cattle wagon, always. Oh, what, about, cattle wagon. what about cattle trailer? Cattle trailer, that's a different thing altogether. Do you know who invented the milk float? No, I hate to change the subject back to what we're meant to be discussing. Well, because this isn't interesting. Isn't this interesting? Aren't you interested? If you're not interested, I'll sure hope you're making a serious mistake because milk floats are fascinating. Well, possibly they are. Possibly? What, what, what? Possibly they are. Have you, have you ever looked underneath one? No, I haven't, and neither have you. <laughs> I have. All right, when and where and how and why? When I was five, I got hit by a milk float outside Japan. That explains a lot. So the whole length, all of it underneath, Did the you? underside, it was brilliant. Well, weren't you in pain? Weren't you upset? Well, uh, yeah, but I didn't cry. I mean, 
I did a bit, obviously, because well, I was five, and you do if you're five, you know, and you've had both of your legs shattered and your neck cricked and your teeth oh knocked goodness. out. Two burst eardrums and a punctured lung, but it was brilliant to see underneath. Well, well worth it, though. Oh, yeah. Worst part about it. Do you know what worst part about it was? Guess what worst part about it? What was the worst part about it? The milk. Right. All that milk wasted. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. When I... Eventually got out to hospital. My dad beat me black and blue for Quite getting right in the way of that milk flow right and wasting all that milk and glass and smashed bottles and lids. It Where's was there a lot of milk? Well, probably right. 20 pints. 20 pints? Some people in villages, they never spoke to me or my mum and my dad ever again after that. We had to get us milk elsewhere, you know, from the next village. Then when they found out, well, they will not let us have milk either. So we went to another village and the end we, stopped, we stopped drinking it. We couldn't get any and just, just used to have white painting tea instead. Is white paint a suitable substitute for milk in any way? In some ways, yes. Colour and consistency, mainly. Other than that, no, I wouldn't recommend it. No. Still very sore from have all that. Have you thing. finished? <coughs> yes, I'm going to have my sandwiches. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I apologise for the delay. We appear to have become increasingly sidetracked and sidetracked due in no small part to my uncle's inability to spell the word tricks. But now, at long last, it is time for us to explore the mysterious depths of the human brains. Fathom the unfathomable. Which, if you think about it, doesn't make a lot of sense. But, uh, but anyway... Tricks of the mind, 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 mind. You have your luncheon. Mind your own business. I'm having my lunch. I'm enjoying it, too. Tricks of the mind. Does the mind play tricks on us? Do we sometimes think something is happening when in actual fact it isn't? This afternoon I hope to shed some light on the way the mind works or sometimes doesn't work. And of course I'm no expert. So I have a special guest here with me to explain things in a bit more depth, Professor Andrew Candle from the University of Towley. Good afternoon, Professor Andrew Candle from the University of Towley. Good afternoon, Bernard. Yeah, sorry to keep you waiting so long. Bit of a muddle with the uh, pronunciation of the spelling of the section. We got there in the end. (laughs) Yes. Well, we got here in the end. Here I suppose this end. is the start, actually, but start. we got here at the start. Yeah. Suppose reading it as tricks of the mind, as, as uh, no, as ticks, you know, not tricks. That was a trick in it itself. That was a trick of the mind. It, it weren't a trick of the mind. It were him not right, and he knocked me down right. No, neither we no right. No, in all fairness, I don't think it was a trick of the mind. I think it was more likely a consequence of Uncle Elliot not being able to admit that he read it wrong, <laughs> having misread it in the first place. Because he's not so. Well, you mean we've only had a couple of cans? Yeah, a couple of cans since we've started. What about in the car? How many cans did you have in the car when you went for a paper? Look, I didn't go in the car, I went on my tractor. And I didn't have any cans on tractor because there's nowhere to drop them up whilst I'm driving it. Using both palms to drive it. Using what to drive it? Palms? Palms, you know, palm. The palms of the hand, the palm. You know what a palm is? The palms of the hand to drive the tractor. Change the gears and do it as the palm. The palm, using the palm, Bernard. Palm, are you saying? Trying to say palm? Uh, I think I'm going to leave you two lads to it because. Stay where you 
you're not going anywhere. Not while I've been accused of being not being sober enough to read in my own bungalow by this jumped-up note. Get down off the table, you're being silly. You spilt your flask of tea as well. Uh, I'm not bothered. You've upset the professor. Am I act like he's not bothered? I am going to have to make a move. I don't like violence. Is that so okay? No, no, uh, please but, well, stay. Hang on, professor. I'm very sorry. I can't apologise enough. This is not on. And, well, Elliot, you'd better apologise to the professor. I'll do no such thing. You will, because if you don't... What? What? What are you going to do? <clears throat> Pardon me? Sack me? Yeah. You can't sack me. Who else are you going to get to refelt your outside lamps roof in a four-second year nail storm while your mother's perched? Who are you going to get to walk your ruddy dog? Your ruddy drunk 40-year-old dog that can't hang fire with his back end. You've been ridiculous. Who's going to get your coal and coke cheaper than that other bloke you used to know who used to get your coal and coke quite cheap? Well, who's going to cook you your dried lunch? Pull yourself together. Sorry, Christmas dinner. Please eh? apologise and say sorry to the professor and then we can move on. Professor. I am ever so sorry if I have unsuspectingly, for some inconceivable reason, offended or upset or besmirched you in any way, or by and large forth hence and to wit, per se, by all means, thus and thencewise, quid pro quo to reverse of Arsha diddly do and diddly dee, Bob's your uncle. That's okay. Good. I'm not sure what you were saying just then. Was that Latin? Yes. Was I always apologise in Latin? It's what I brought up to do at school, where I went. Professor Andrew, could we talk about the mine? Absolutely, yeah. Well, 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 where do you start? Um, is it possible that the mind can play tricks on us? Is it possible the mind can play tricks on us? Is it possible that man can play tricks on us? Yeah! You're listening to the Suburban Moor Show. Uh, well, technically, no, not tricks as such. The mind can appear to be tricked. It's a question of perception, really. Is it? Is it right? Yeah. So so what is perception, loosely speaking? Well, perception is our view of the world around us and how we interpret that. Oh. And one person's perception of a place or an event or another person, anything really, will almost certainly differ from another person's perception of that said place, event, object or person. Will it? We look at the world around us and perceive that to be real. We do. We say, for example, the sky, it's blue. The grass, it's green. But the blue that one person sees might not be the same blue as the next person. Is that why sometimes two photographs taken on the same day come out different colours? No, that's to do with light reacting with chemicals inside the camera. All right, let's put me in my place. So what do we mean when we say it was a trick of the mind? Like, say, if I went to a child's birthday party... On the moors. And saw a conjurer pull a rabbit from his hat. On the moors. How did he do that? I don't know how they do that. He's very clever. Well, what you think you saw was a rabbit being pulled out of a hat, but that's not what actually happened. So what did happen? Well, the magician tricked you, but from where he's standing, you can see the whole thing and he knows how the trick works and it's not a mystery at all. In fact, it's probably quite straightforward what he's done. There's nothing to it. I'm not sure what you're implying with that one. Are you suggesting that magicians and conjurers don't enjoy their work? No, no, not at all. But you said that they know how the trick works. Well, of course they do. So how does the trick I don't know, I'm not a magician. You know what I think? You're probably thinking the same as me. I probably am. I bet you are. I bet I am. I bet we're both thinking exactly the same thing. Sure, what are you thinking? Same as you, what are you thinking? The very same thing. Should have got a conjurer on the show. Oh no, I weren't thinking that. What were you thinking about? Mixing 
Right. It was horrible, isn't it? Poor rabbits. Oh, God. What can you do? Andrew! Myxomatosis! You're a scientist. What can you do? I really don't know. It's not my area of expertise. Oh! I see. So, to clarify then, with regard to the mind, the human mind, uh, nobody knows what's really going on because we all see things differently, except conjurers, who aren't having a good time, but they've got it all sorted out. Is that what you're saying? No. Conjurers don't have a special, unique perception of the universe, and if they do, it's no more unique or special than anyone else's. Right. But you don't know how they do magic tricks. Well, the man being called so-called tricked it isn't just exclusively to do with magicians playing tricks. It happens anywhere, at any time. We all have moments, sometimes on a day-to-day basis, where we're getting a bit confused, and that's nothing to do with magic. I don't get confused. Yes, you do. You thought this was ticks of the mind. You get confused all the time. That wasn't confusion. That was me being lied to. Who was lying to you? You. You say one thing and do another. Andrew, so confusion, feeling confused, that's a trick of the mind. It can be, but if something doesn't quite add up, say if we look for something and it, is, it isn't, it, it isn't where, where it's not something, it's not where we left it. That's no confusion, that's theft. There's a thief about pinching things if that's happening. So sometimes... Is that happening? Yeah, well, yeah in, in a sense, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to the, the instances where we feel confused because we're looking for something and you expect it to be in a place that we thought where we'd left it, when in reality we'd left it somewhere else entirely. It's a bit of a silly thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so, but it happens every day. Every day? Good grief, if we're having to be every day, I think I'm losing it. Yeah, I think we've all thought that about you for a fair while. So what sort of things can get misplaced? Well, anything, you name it. A milk float. A lady's purse. Yeah, purse or a wallet. Milk float, no. Not that easy to misplace one of them, I should think. Isn't it? Right, that's where you're wrong. And I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong. It's true, this actually happened. The milk float vanished into thin air. It was a mystery. Still is a mystery. Is this the same milk float that ran over you when you were a small child of five? I don't think so, no. This is a different one. Well, maybe it was stolen. It was, was it? Stolen, eh? How would you know that, eh? Do you pinch it? Andrew, please tell me this is Only the thief would know. Only the thief would know. What? We're in it. Hey, what have you done with it? I don't know anything about it. I, I haven't done anything with a milk float. I, I've never stolen anything before ever in my life. I've never stolen. Listen to that. Listen to that, buddy. You've never stolen before because it makes a milk float. Some youngers, they start off pinching sweeties and pilfering bootlaces and buns and toughies, but this one goes right off a deep end. Milk float left. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, I think it's best if we ring the police and let them handle this. I'm, oh. I'm just appalled. I'm just appalled. I've got nothing to do with a milk float going missing. I can't believe this. Please, it's not. Please, please. Yes, it's Uncle Elliot. Uncle Elliot Francois Campy, 50 Appetite Road. It's it, Hobsick. It's on the Kingsnake Estate. Yes, I'd like to report a thief. My nephew, Sir Bernard Moore, and I have successfully apprehended the thief. We have. He's sat on our city. Uh, Bernard, in my coat pocket, inside pocket, you'll find a little bit of string. Just, just tie the professor. Oh, this is ridiculous. Right, come here, you. Don't fuck me about. I was in Army Cadets. I didn't like going, but my mum made me go. I did have to hang combat. You know, I'm pretty nifty with my fists. Okay. Once broke a girl's nose with a hairbrush, right. me. Crack. Oh, okay. well, we believe you. Maybe, without a doubt, the thief responsible for stealing Mr. Crabwell's milk float. Hey, hey, hey. Well, really, with the milkman. Let me go. Hey, ah. hey. when, hey. It be... <laughs> it be... It be January 1976 in the village. In Hobsick Village, yes. Mm. 
your breast once I did. Fell through a glass door on holiday I did. Needed 30,000 stitches. Spent all night in a car once I did. In March. This is insane. I know. You're both crazy. That's true too. Watching me might have a pen knife. Or a rolling pin. Or summit. Hello? Bernard's going tied up now. Yes. What's he look like? What, Bernard? Well, he's about six foot tall. I'm six foot three. White hair. Oh, it's like a white hair. Cream. He's got cream. Oh, cream it's hair. like a cream Thick. hair. Well, he's more of a brindley. Brown. Dyed brown, I would say. Naturally, I would... Uh, yeah, cream, I would think. Black eyes. Hard black eyes, like a shark. I've got blue eyes. Listen, you won't come here and tell this police lady properly, because... Bernard, take the telephone from my hand. But the professor will get away. Well, yeah, because like I thought you tied him up. Yes, but as fast as I tie one knot, he unties it, and I have to start again. I'm not very good at knots, I was ill that day. What day? Knot tying day. What was that, then? When they taught knot tying at Skewill. Ah, so that'd explain the Velcro trainers. You come and hold the professor down. I'm not holding him down. He might have worms. He could be riddled. If I go to the telephone, will you try and escape? Yes. Well, that's just not fair at all. There you are. Now, Bernard's not the thief. Bernard's my nephew. So, Bernard Moore, you know, have you heard of a film called Dunk Beyond a Duck? I wasn't even in that one. No, but you look a bit like that child that went over cliff edge in a pram and somehow lived just with longer legs and glasses. Well, he's got glasses on. Black plastic glasses, cheap. Right. Oh. 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 Yes, say. What? She reckons, according to their records, you should be in prison serving two life sentences back to back for murder. What? What? Who's murder? Who did he murder? Uh, she says you chased a load of drunk teenagers around a haunted bungalow in a wood on Halloween's night oh. and then chopped him into bits and escaped in a hot air balloon dressed as a fishman. Bernard, what's going on? That was a blinking film! That wasn't real life! That was Bungalow of Doom 2, The Fishman Menace. One of my all-time favourite films. Is it really? I think what's interesting about it is it isn't afraid to stray away from the usual idiosyncrasies that typify the genre. Meow. I mean, the fishman himself isn't by any means your typical movie murderer. No. He's no solitary loner out for revenge with a huge chip on his shoulder. He's not. He's actually very well liked in the community. He is. At the beginning of the film, we see him organising a bring and buy sale. And even at the halfway mark or thereabouts, there's really no indication that he's this psychotic, evil killer. Not at all. It's only when the fish fan gets a flat tyre do we start to sense there's some serious frustration. You know. Pent up anger lurking beneath the surface with this guy. Out of nowhere, our suspicions are confirmed when he caves the old lady's head in with the giant frozen cod. You know, at one time in my life, I was about 16, and I did have an interest in starting a fish business. Really? You don't say? Door to door deliveries. It did not happen, but it could have. And watching this movie, it made me think, you know, what if? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have been that character. I could have been that guy. That could have been me. Surface, yeah, but be- beneath. beneath all that, to think that all those deliveries he was yeah, doing, was the smell. smelling the van, the fish smelling the van. If this movie's anything to go by, could have turned me into a psychotic, bloodthirsty murderer. Oh, the thought. Aroused you about, incarcerated for a treacherous crime. The fishman of Alcatraz. Probably stirring up all sorts of trouble with all the other rapscallions and ruffians in the penitentiary. It doesn't bear thinking about. No. Innocent youth. Simply corrupted by the smell of fish. Yes. Right, two things. One, he ain't innocent at all, he nicked a milk float. And two, delivering fish in a van and breathing it in all day does not send you crackers. And I think you're wrong to imply that it does, and I would like you to apologise. Who to? Both of you. Him as well. So we apologise to no, ourselves and No, you're going to apologise 
I suppose, I suppose you think you're ever so clever, don't you? Getting them teenagers drunk and then murdering them in a bungalow. I don't. I think what you've done ain't right and you should be made to pay. Else at least first off you can write to mums and dads and say sorry. And whoever it was hot aired balloon belonged to, you can write to them and all. You can do that at least. Who's doing that, man? You, for what you did. For them hateful, hateful. I mean, awful, awful crimes. But that was in a film. We were talking about a movie, Elliot. All right. Nobody's been murdered by a psychotic fishman. Weren't you listening? I happened to be on the phone to the police. Well, still, well, what's happening? Are they coming to arrest the professor or not? Yeah, they have, well, they're ever so busy. They've got a lot done. Yes, I assume they do have their hands rather full trying to catch real criminals who decided to commit real crimes. Yeah, big drip. You what? Drip? That was uncalled for, Andrew. Just a tittle as bit uncalled for. Why would he call me a drip? I'm not a drip. What do you mean calling me a drip? Where'd you go with that one? I'm not a drip. Well, for one thing, you can't tell the difference between when somebody is talking about real life and when they're talking about a film. Well, sometimes I can. I can sometimes. I were on phone. I my attention was being disconsternated. Well, you can put the phone down now. I've put it down. You've put it in a bowl of imitation wax fruit. Oh, yes. And let that be a lesson to you. When are the police getting here? They're just having a bit of dinner. They've got to get washed up, nap dogs out ten minutes, get washing in and nip for a drop of petrol and then okay. they'll be with us. We're very, very near the top of their list of the most important priorities. You hear that, Professor? You'll soon be under arrest and brought to justice. Properly. Where's he gone? Hmm? Ah, stop! Stop me! No! No, you dare run out that back door! Run out that gate! Jump on that boat. Go. He's gone. That was your fault. You were meant to be making sure as he can't escape. Well, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I don't know how he managed to climb over all them cushions. Oh, gosh. We'll have to get after him, Bernard. Now, whereabouts could a professor who once considered becoming a fishman and then didn't, but did for some reason decide to nick a milk float in 1976 be likely to flee to in a situation like this, do you reckon? Oh, there's no doubt. An absconder of his intelligence and physique... With the police so hot on his heels after all these years, this Professor Andrew Candle, the hopsick milk float miscreant, will surely flee to the safety of that vast, bleak expanse of heathers and grouses, ditches and dikes and things of such like. Elliot, saddle our horses, prepare a substantial repast of cheese and tomato sandwiches with a little bit of white pepper on the tomato but not the cheese, and do a big flask of piping hot tea with quite a lot of rum in it as well. Attire yourself fit for this admirable quest. Sturdy boots, a durable huntsman's coat, and one of them hats with a brim at the front and a brim at the back with no brim either side. A deer stalker, I ain't got one of them. I've got a, I'm trying to wear my balaclava. Time is not our job today. Your balaclava helmet shall suffice. Now away, and fast! Oh, no, no, we are to catch the milk float miscreant and bring him to justice, our pursuit will be no picnic. For he has unquestionably fled to his remote, reasonably well-equipped, but not very warm hideout. On the moors. He, he, he did get on bus going into the middle of town. Bring with you your harpoon, blowpipe and truncheon, and service revolver, loaded. I've got this cap gone, I've not got any caps for it, mind. They were damp, so I've chucked him, oh, he's gone. Where's my horse, then? I don't know if I've ever owned a blowpipe. I know I've not nearly got enough tomatoes. Oh, crack, we've got police here now. Where, where am I supposed to tell him he's gone? Ready moors? Oh, oh, that's after you tell us. It's, it's, it's all, all excitement. It's all them ready cans and all. He's not here. The professor's escaped. He's on the moors. In a den or something. This is a cap gun. It's not a real gun. This is a cap gun. This 
only 24. I've never even been on a boat. Help! Elliot! 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 Elliot, wake up and present this ruddy program! Oh. Read, Mum! Oh, oh. oh my head. Blinking it. It were all a dream. You've passed out under a pile of cans. Yeah. Looks to be about 50 cans. Sorry, sorry. What's this then? Right. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Uncle Lee Campy. This afternoon I am hoping to big up about the psych, fetch the human's brains in bits and examine if not in that great detail. Well. At least in some. Um, the mind, and it's been called Ticks of the Mind. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not reading that. Where are you going? No. Where are you going? I'm not doing that. Elliot, where is he He appears to be pinching. Yes, he's stolen a milk float and fled at a steady 50 miles per hour in the direction of the moors. Hey, don't they get into some scrapes? That was Ticks of the Mind, an episode of the Suburban Moor Show, an independently made programme created, produced, directed, recorded and edited by the Dethick Brothers, featuring Joseph Dethick as Sir Bernard Moore and Jim Dethick as Uncle Elliot Campy and the Professor Andrew Candle. It was written by Jim Dethick with music by the Dethick Brothers. Now next time, Sir Bernard Moore and his mum are in Utoxeter to meet FBI agents interested in Mrs Moore's homemade space rocket. And Uncle Elliot Campy reports from Sprattlesbury Show, where he tucks into some award-winning fish and chips and has a ride on the footplate of a 1913 and Porter steam traction engine, the Emperor of the Dale. Till then, ta-da, and take care.